This podcast is dedicated in loving memory and for the Leroy Nishmat of Fagi Batrivka and Aaron and Sarah Kotler. May their memories be a blessing for us. In a letter Rabbi Hudalev Ashlai wrote to his students in 1925, he discusses the darkness that each one of us finds within ourselves. For many of us, brought up as we have been in the West, our Western culture imprints upon us the need to succeed, the need to conform to society conventions. Western culture is a competitive culture which is intolerant of failure. And as children, we soon learn to internalise these rather demanding expectations of ourselves. And many of us later find that these inner expectations can be a real handicap when we want to discover and deal with our own inner truths. Through the wisdom of Kabbalah, we discover that we're made up of two systems, the framework of good and holiness and the framework of evil. These two aspects of ourselves oppose each other. Our framework of holiness expresses itself within us through our desires to do good altruistically, to reach out to others, to love and serve our family and friends and give happiness to others. And whether we are consciously aware of it or not, it inspires us with a desire to connect with and serve the master of creation. But we also have the framework of evil within us, which manifests by trying to block all our desire to do good. On the contrary, it encourages us to indulge our own ego and our own ego pleasures, even when we know that these act only to our own detriment and to the detriment of others. We try to push away the dark side of ourselves by denying that it even exists, or we cover it up with fear, shame and guilt, feelings that are too painful for us to penetrate. We feel that we're somehow split in two. We often feel that the face we show to the outer world has very little to do with our inner world. And for many of us, when receiving praise or appreciation, we think to ourselves, if only people really knew what went on in me. And so we cover it up until sooner or later we come face to face with our darker side yet again. But in this letter written by Rabbi Hudalev Ashlag, we find him taking a very different approach, an approach that I personally found at first very startling and then very healing. And it's in this spirit that I want to share this letter with you. Rabbi Ashlag starts off by discussing the verse in Exodus chapter 10 verse 1, which occurs just before the children of Israel are getting ready for redemption. And the Lord said to Moses, Go into Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I might show him my signs in their midst. But this is not, in fact, an accurate translation of the Hebrew text. If we translate this verse accurately, we actually find out that the text says, Come into Pharaoh. 
Now, in order to understand this strange command, we need to remember that the Torah is not a historical document for recording historical events, but it is in fact a record of human consciousness. It documents the revelation of the light of God to us, of how God reveals his light to us and how we discover him. And therefore, Rabbi Ashlag does not consider Pharaoh as only a historical figure who lived so many centuries ago, but as a present archetype within us. Pharaoh is the inner voice within us who says, who is God that I should listen to his voice? So the Pharaoh within us represents the hard core of our ego, the egoism, which is the main representative of the framework of evil within us. Pharaoh is that hard core, that part of us which is so frightening for us to approach that we cover it up. So Rabbi Ashlag starts his letter by saying that the words come to Pharaoh means that the Holy Shekhinah is being revealed to us. As the very word Pharaoh also means to uncover. Coming to Pharaoh, discovering the evil within us, also means discovering God within us. How can Rabbi Ashlag mean this? How can this be? Rabbi Ashlag explains that it was only to the extent that the children of Israel thought it was the Egyptians enslaving them and stopping them from serving God that they were in fact enslaved by the Egyptians. In other words, as long as the children of Israel thought that there was another power other than God's in the world stopping them from serving him, then to that extent they were in exile from him. This goes for us as well. So long as we think there is some other power within us that is stopping us from serving God, it is to that extent that we are exiled from ourselves and from the God within us. Whether we blame our culture or our childhood, our educational system or our parents, so long as we consider them as the cause, we are enslaved to the darkness within ourselves. The knowledge that it was God himself who gave us this darkness within us is actually the knowledge that sets us free. All the signs and wonders that God gave in Egypt were not given to Pharaoh because of his obstinacy, but were given in order to reveal to the children of Israel that there is no other power involved, either outside us or inside us, other than God. It is that realisation that actually is in truth the light of redemption. As we say in the Pesach Haggadah, Ani velo shaliach, I and not a messenger, I and not an angel, I, only I. And this is what God told Moses when he said, Come to Pharaoh, unite the truth. Realise that all elements, both the positive and the negative, come from God. Every time Moses came to Pharaoh, it was to uncover and reveal the Holy Shekinah to the children of Israel. Every time we discover some hard truth about ourselves, it is in order that we ourselves attain a revelation of the Holy Shekinah within us.
Why does God need us to have a Pharaoh? Why does God need us to have these vessels, which are the ultimate of our egoism and our selfish love? The answer is actually contained in the next few words of that same scriptural verse. For I have hardened his heart and the heart of his servants in order that I may place these my signs in his midst. Rabbi Ashtar goes on to explain that although our good inclination brings us into affinity form with the Creator and brings us close to him, it does not help us grow because it does not provide us with vessels for God's light. In order to see why this is so, we need to ask the question, what constitutes a vessel for God's light? It is a desire. A vessel for God's light is a desire for God's light. And we can only have such a desire for his light when God's light is absent. It is the absence of light, the darkness, that is in fact the only created aspect of our reality. In our morning prayers, we say, Blessed are you, O Lord our God, who gives form to the light, but creates the darkness. And the only creation is the darkness. So what we discover from this is that our lacks and our negative attributes, our dark places, actually constitute that aspect of ourselves which is created. But they are not purposeless. They have their purpose because the darkness within us is actually a suitable vehicle for revealing the light of God and discovering that God's light is good. How can this work? Only where God's light is absent do we begin to yearn desperately for it. So in order for us to grow in spirituality, to move from one spiritual stage to the next, it is actually these dark places that we need. We need those dark places within us which lack the light. Because it is these places that cause us to yearn for God's light and help us grow. Indeed, Rabbi Asha continues by telling us that all the fertility and growth and spirituality actually depend on the vessels which derive from our egoism. So it was God himself who hardened Pharaoh's heart. And it is God himself who hardens our own heart in order to provide us with vessels for his light, his light of redemption. Because what happens as we try to deal with our dark places, as we try to transform them for the good, we discover we cannot overcome our own inner Pharaoh ourselves but we need God to redeem us. As we try, we begin to see how the story of the Exodus from Egypt is the same story about ourselves. So often we make a decision that we want to change some aspect in ourselves, to heal it, to repair it, to grow more towards God, to take it out of the framework of evil and into the framework of good, only to discover that the more we work on it, the harder it seems to get. 
we feel as if we're going backwards instead of forwards. And this is because the core of the evil within us, the Pharaoh within us, is called by the Zohar, the 50th gate. In order for us to recognize this gate and then transform it, it has to be preceded by all 49 other gates of trial and error, of uncleanness and cleanliness, of purity and evil, which we clarify in our trial and error of standing up and falling down. And yet, as the Zohar tells us, it is this 50th gate which constitutes the Malchut of the Malchut, the core will to receive for ourselves alone, which, while in its original form, forms a lock and a barrier to God's presence within ourselves, but on its transformation becomes a gateway to God's presence. How should we relate to this? How does this transformation work? To answer this, Rabbi Ashlag brings a text from the first book of Samuel. And Samuel said to the people, Fear not, you have indeed done all this evil, yet don't turn aside from following God, but serve God with all your heart. Samuel tells the people that they have indeed done evil, but not to lose heart, but continue to have faith in God that he loves us. In this way, our negative attributes, which cause us to fall down through prayer, through work, through trial and error, but primarily through faith in God, transform into vessels for the light of God, providing we maintain our faith that all that is within us and all our falling down comes from God. We have to take the first steps but then God takes them towards us. As the scripture says, Come to Pharaoh, for I have heartened his heart and the heart of his servants, that I might show these my signs in their midst. The Hebrew word for sign is the same word for letter, ot. God places his signs within us in the same way as he places the black ink letters on the Sefer Torah. The white parchment of the Sefer Torah represents the goodness of God, his light, whereas the black letters represent the absence of light. Nevertheless, if it were not for the black letters which form the words, we would not know what the light is telling us. And this leads us on to the second verse of our scripture. That you may tell it to your son and to your grandson what I have wrought upon Egypt and my signs which I have done among them, that you may know that I am the Lord. The Hebrew for telling the story is le sapel. This is the same word as sphira, meaning a vessel that is shining with God's light. The scripture is actually telling us that the consequence of having these lacks within us which come from God, is that they will one day shine with the light of God, providing we maintain our faith in him. Abashlag writes that before these vessels are filled with the light of God, they are indeed our negative attributes which separate us from him and separate us from ourselves. But in their transformation for good, 
They are called Sfirot, the shining vessels, which shine from one end of the world to the other. And this is the inner meaning of the words Laman Tesaper, which is normally translated as so that you shall tell, but it also means so that you shall shine. The transformation, moving elements from the framework of evil within us to the framework of holiness is hard. It requires honesty, it requires a great deal of work and a great deal of prayer. But first of all, it requires recognition. Recognition of the, of the Pharaoh within us. Only that, uncovering the Pharaoh within us, delivers us from the slavery of the 50th gate. Why did God make it so difficult? It was in order to bring us to the absolute redemptive light, as the verse concludes, that you may know that I am the Lord, that we may know that we need his help, we may know that we cannot do it on our own, and that we may know that he is the Lord, the one who takes us out of our own slavery, the slavery of our own selves. This audio recording is brought to you from the Horus School, established by Yadida Cohen for the study of the Kabbalah as taught by Rabbi Yehudalev Ashlag. Studies with Yadida Cohen are available through the Horus School online. Details at www.nahoraschool.com or www.nahorapress.com.